0: Welcome to High Cheese. We're live with uh, Jason Cloud and Shaking Bait going on right now, talking a little cubbies as we head into the All Star break. Jason, how you doing today?
1: Doing fantastic. It's been a been a great great weekend for me so far. Yeah, uh, you got in a little fender bender, maybe. <laughs> uh, a little fad call, yeah. All the airbags went off. It was really an entertaining. way. you know, going to pick up the brother. Mom said you got to come home for the weekend. Blah 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 gonna pick up my brother at like 11 a.m just taking a left turn then bang like nailed it was like great i don't even like remember the accident at all because like all i remember is the noise of airbags they're really fucking loud as it turns out
0: dude yeah i um have never had the airbags go off but uh first of all it doesn't seem like they feel good it seems like they fucking hurt and they're loud so yeah that's a few i'm glad i was wearing a
1: contacts that day that was a
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Glasses to the face. That's not fun. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that's a fun way to talk about, you know, let's go from the mean Chicago streets to the mean Wrigley confines because, you know, let's face it, the Cubs, uh, they're not doing that hot this year and they haven't been doing that hot, you know, the last couple of years, you know, they sold the sold the farm away last year, traded away Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryan and Javi Baez, you know, and this year, you know, it's it's, uh, Wilson Contreras' time on the market. But, you know, we were talking a little bit before about how, you know, this is not necessarily atypical for Cubs history. Like, the Cubs are, you know, their natural state is to be losers and like to be lovable losers. Like, you know, so what's your take? Are they, are they meant to be losers?
1: It's, it's the state of all Chicago sports to be in a perpetual rebuild. I mean, it's, I've never seen a good bears team in my life. They lucked their way into the super bowl, all the back of a good defense. Once the Blackhawks are the only team that's ever successfully done the rebuild. The Cubs just lucked into it too. I mean, you can't really, there's a flash in a pan, not really a dynasty team, but like the Cubs have never historically been this team. I mean, like, Growing up, my favorite player was Derek Lee. Like, that's not a—we're <laughs> not talking about like a phenomenal team. And like, I loved going out to games. I've probably been like a hundred Cubs games in my life. And you know, my my old roommate and I like we picked where our house was because we wanted to be you know within walking distance of Wrigley Field. But do I want them to be good? No. Like, it it doesn't really bother me if they're not good. Like, I want to go to cheap games. I want to see the Cubs just play ball. Like. You're going to see, like, the thing about the Cubs is, like, you're always just going to see some great players who are going to do awesome things, but they're not going to do any of these things on the Cubs. It's just the way it is. It's, <laughs> so I got to pause so, here. I live close to the train.
0: Yeah, that's like uh, straight out of the
1: Blues Brothers. No, it's just <laughs> – right it's, 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 it's to me, it's how it's meant to be. It's the, it's the Chicago mentality is we don't want anyone else to think about us, so we need our baseball team to be bad so no one thinks about them. You know, it's just, it's not, we're not the Yankees. It's not this big budget team that's going to, you know, sign all these great free agents. I think the only really big free agent signing I can remember in my life is Alfonso Soriano when they were still terrible every year he was on the team. I guess maybe Lester is a big signing, but even then, like it, it feels weird to have the head, had the Cubs being this team where it was like, all right, we're, we're going to win. We're going to go out and sign a free agent that we need to win. Whereas like, with like bringing over guys like Kosuke Fukudome, which is the like things that I think the Cubs should be doing, which is why I love Seiya Suzuki so much. It's like, all right, this guy's going to probably be pretty good, but hopefully he's not stuck on the Cubs for too long. I don't know. It's just uh, the way I feel about it is probably a lot different than, uh, than other people. I don't think a lot of other people are being like, oh, I want the Cubs to lose 95 games. So, no, as long as they uh, match the Cardinals in the series, it's fine with me.
0: that's a good point you know so long as they beat the teams you know you hate it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because you know cheap seats, good beer fun times at Wrigley doesn't matter um yeah
1: I mean realistically one team's winning the World Series every year and it's a long slog to get there and it's pure luck and the Cubs are not lucky and nobody in Chicago is lucky at least from my point of view I mean I just got in a car accident in this city yesterday so Nobody here's lucky. The Cubs will never luck into it. Like it's just the way it is. So we should just roll with it. Embrace the fact that we're the lovable losers. Like every other team's got this mascot name where it's like, oh, we're the you know, Marlins, we're this fast fish, or we're, we're the Yankees, or are this proud thing in American history. We're or, or, or the Cubs. We're baby bear. Like <laughs> we're not they're not threatening. There's nothing, there's nothing scary about it. This Clearly, the team is not meant to be threatening or scary. They're, they're the baby brother of the football team. That's never been good either.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, you know. So de- you know, Derek Lee was happening at the same time as Jay Cutler, right? That's that's a better Rex Grossman might have might be yeah, more Rex, lined Derek, up. Yeah, Derek
1: Derek Lee might be a, a bit earlier. Might be tailing off. They might have let him go for a Carlos Pena that was batting one ninety six in like two thousand and twelve or something. Which is sure. another depressing moment in my life, probably one of the Saturdays, is finding out that Derek Lee is no longer on a cub, right up there with uh finding out about Sammy Sosa's corked pad. Heartbreaker. Oh. <laughs> was, I think it was right around Halloween, and uh, I was supposed to go as dressed up as Sammy Sosa for Halloween, and I just scrambled to find another Cubs jersey. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, uh, I don't know if that tops the one year I as Michael Vick as a Halloween costume. That was Ooh. now That was, you know, Falcons days pre everything, you know.
1: But Michael Vick was the Madden King.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, listen, you know, had the little eye black going, had the Vick jersey. No one understood because I was a pasty little white kid, and you know, Mike Vick is not a pasty little white kid. Yeah, but you know,
1: I there's some uh there's some eras of sammy so so that i could dress up with and people would understand he's uh, he's had some very pale photos recently <laughs> yeah unfortunately oh um, yeah, no but, but back but back on the cubs i just think that the way that they're meant to be is this just you know 12 buck tickets or go outside wrigley and some scalpers just like hey like, give me a dollar and you can go into this game like i mean it's, um... so i keep getting phone calls I like could like stories from my dad when he was living in Lakeview in Wrigleyville like the Cubs were bad bad. He was living here in like the late 80s early 90s and they were just like bad. It was but it was right around when they started doing night games. He so was like, "Yeah, it was great. You know, like get off work, go to a Cubs night game. Fantastic." It's so like it was cheap. The only problem was beer, which is topic that we should talk about. Wrigley Field beer prices outrageous for how bad the team is. Beer pricing at stadium should be adjusted to how good the team is.
0: It well, doesn't – you know, the beer makes it easier to watch the yeah. bad teams.
1: Yeah, it's just so, why you shouldn't – which is why I shouldn't have to spend $100 to be tipsy at a Cubs game. All
0: right, so speaking of that, so <laughs> how much – all right, so how much on average would you say beer at Wrigley costs?
1: I, I want to say – I just, I've never been cash and I always use my card because I'm a fool, so I, I don't never know the exact price, but I wanna say we're we're looking at more than twelve. But it is a sixteen ounce pour, so you know. Oh, still, all right. we're, well, we're talking more than twelve bucks.
0: Well, sixteen ounces, that's nothing to to you know, shake your head at.
1: So I like say, I wanna say we're just under a buck per ounce, which is not a good price to be at.
0: No. <laughs> that's not exactly what you want in uh your 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 beverage sales, but you know stadium pricing is you know brutal so like when you're in the bleachers and you are how many how many beverages would you say you're averaging per inning while you're sitting out there
1: uh i would so i'd say i'm probably on the lighter side of the average bleacher bleacher drinker when i'm in there i'm probably only having four or five beers a lot of people in there doing a lot lot more work than that it's really kind of an impressive place of of chicago young drunks it's the, the Wrigleyville-Lakeview crowd that is outed a lot of those games can really put them away. Is that, um,
0: is that something that, like, uh, you know, so you have all that beer consumed. Now, obviously, you got to do something with with the bottles and the cans and, and the cups. So, you know, we've seen beer pyramids and beer snakes mainly. First of all, is it a beer snake or is it a cup snake? <laughs>
1: I believe we call them the I believe we call them the cup snake in the bleachers. All right, I think it's pretty inter- interchangeable depending on who who starts it and what they want to call it, though. I think <laughs> I think cup snake's been more of a name that I've heard though. Which is
0: which is uh which is more satisfying, the beer pyramid or the cup snake?
1: I know, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm more of a fan of the beer pyramid. I think, it's, takes a little, I think it takes a little bit more finesse to make a pyramid than it does. The I mean, snake just requires a lot of people, a lot of hands.
0: Well, doesn't that make it more communal, though?
1: It does make it more communal. However, oftentimes, you know, it'll be a time you get dragged into a cup snake that you don't want to be involved in. Or you've just been relinquished from one cup snake duty and another one comes by. And it's like, well, I now I got to go to the bathroom and I need to get, go get another beer. So sometimes the cup <laughs> snake does get a little bit. I know a lot of me and. People I go to games with sometimes get a little little annoyed with cup snakes. However, yeah, the communal aspect is really, really kind of kind of fun. But no, I don't think there's really much finesse involved in the cup snake other than the, other than the fact that you just need a lot of hands holding it. There's really the, what's impressive to me about the pyramid is how delicate of something that you're doing during a game when you're drunk.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, building a pyramid while impaired that's a lot harder than just putting you know one cup on top of the other um all right that's a good point yeah okay I agree then the beer pyramid is is a little bit more of uh, of an accomplishment but then you know all the more satisfying when it gets knocked down if I'm being honest with you
1: like that, you know that's that's the other the other great aspect of the pyramid is how it ends the cup snake ends. 99% of the time with security confiscating all the cops and like, oh you guys can't do this. It's like, well the, the game sucks. Let us do something. Um but have you, you know, ever been at been one of most- the
0: games? Have you ever been at one of the games where they connect uh section to section, like upper, you know, upper bleachers to lower bleachers?
1: Yes, that is that is an electric event, especially if the uh if the camera guy really does justice and puts it up on the jumbotron, which is <laughs> much not much love for what Ricketts has added to Wrigley, but Jumbo the big pig video board was something that the field needed that it now has.
0: Do you want to talk about the Ricketts a little bit? Yeah,
1: I get into that.
0: All right, so they bought the team what two thousand nine. You know they've had they've had their success. They won their World Series. You know they brought a championship to Chicago, but. They've also, you know, built up a lot around Wrigley Field, and in in Wrigley Field too. Like, what is the vibe like with Chicagoans? Like, um, with the Ricketts, are we pro Ricketts? Are we are we anti Ricketts?
1: Yeah, nobody here likes him. He's got <laughs> like something about Wrigleyville is probably the most pre Ricketts, the most gentrified neighborhood in Chicago. And, like, somehow, like, some way, like, the buildings they've built and, like, the hotel they've added and getting rid of them, they've, like, managed to gentrify even more the most, like, not, like, actually, but, like, in terms of appearance, it's all, like, those big glass panel windows and doors and everything. Like, everything kind of looks like an Apple store. It's, like, wow, you've managed to make a neighborhood that was already the most, like, cookie-cutter neighborhood and make it even more. So, it's, like, a lot of it to me, like, a lot of what I loved about going to Wrigley is, like, my favorite concert venue is a half block from Wrigley Field. It's a place called the Metro, and it's, like, an icon of, like, Chicago alternative music, and, like, Chicago music kind of runs through that place. It's, like, it's, it kind of hurt almost, like, the culture of Wrigley. It's, like, you can't see Wrigley Field from all angles anymore. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of things in Wrigleyville have changed, and a lot of it, you know, probably is for the better. In, In the end, there was no team, real team store, and it was all just other people taking money from the Cubs that we thought they were going to spend on players but then you know it turns out the Rickets really don't care about anything other than lining their own pockets and adding a little bit more to their own wealth which is like you know when, when they bought the team I think a lot of people and even when they started you know when, when especially when Theo Epstein came over it was like okay these these guys have interest and in actually they want this team to win like they're Cubs fans in the end I guess maybe that they, maybe they're Maybe we're gonna have an owner like Mark Cuban who wants to be there. Only thing they care about is getting wins for the team. But it turns out that's not the case. And for the amount of money they have, it's shocking how big the penny pinching is that's going on, that, that went on with like getting rid of all these fan favorites. Like, if you're not gonna win, why get rid of Anthony? Like, you know you're not gonna win. Why get rid of Anthony Rizzo? Everybody in this town loves him. Like it's a bunch of decisions like that. It's like, well you're doing all this stuff because you clearly aren't going to win and you clearly don't want to invest in trying to win. And it's all these just all these, there's zero fan service done by the Rickets family. I don't think there's any, you know, probably a lot of the player decisions really come down to them getting told. No, you don't, you have no money to sign any free agents when realistically, like it's just how well, I, part of like, I go back and forth on this. Cause I really don't care if the Cubs are good or not. I, if, but I would love if the Cubs were, like, you know, willing to admit the fact that they're not like, okay, you know, the Cubs, you're gonna try to play a team like be like on the red size payroll. Like, then admit it and make everything cheaper and have everything be cheaper and have it be a budget run organization. Oh, you want to be a or or you want to be a budget run organization? Like, then throw all the money in the world to keep Theo Epstein here because if you want to be on a budget, that's the guy who's gonna get you wins still. But there's no there's clearly was no interest in trying to maintain any form of winning while being broke or broke in their world. (laughs) Well broke enough to still want to buy a you know Premier League football team, but you know, I can't can't afford two hundred and fifty million dollar payroll for the Cubs
0: well isn't that the whole you know problem with mlb owners right now is that you know there's no incentive to to win and obviously you know that's not what we're saying like we don't we don't want the cubs to win we want them to suck but also we want owners that like care about you know the fans liking them sucking
1: (laughs) yeah like if you know one thing i remember from uh when i was a kid is like all these dumb promo days at wrigley field i don't maybe it's because I'm older and I don't know about seeking out stuff like that, but I don't really remember like any of these like garbage promo days. Like, Oh, it's like Kosuke Fukudome bobblehead game, every third home game. Cause we're so bad that we need to see them. We're like, Oh, there's going to be a t-shirt on every seat. And I don't really remember much of that kind of stuff. recently. like, like, yeah, I don't want them to be, uh, you know, good or anything or great, but they have to have some talent and some of that talent is the, the way that you know, the Cubs work is that talent has to be, you know, just good enough to not want to leave and just bad, or just above replacement level, you, you know, guys like Derek Lee or, or Aramis Ramirez who are going to be here for like 12 years, but never good enough to get them over. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe making the wild card once that's like the goal, the Cubs should be this team where it's like, we're going to make the wild card and the whole country is going to root for us because, this is the first time we've been in the playoffs in 22 years. And everyone would think it would be hilarious if we beat the Yankees in the world series. Like, that's what we should be. It's not like the, the Cubs should have an underdog mentality and it should come from the top down. The owner should be some drunk guy in the bleach, some drunk Chicago fat guy in the bleachers who's also housing beers. So I just realized that what you're
0: describing as like the perfect franchise is, like, the Miami Marlins, which is fucking hilarious, <laughs> That's like, just, like, yeah, we make the wild card every, once every 10 years, and when we do, we win the World Series, and, like, every, to every time else, we suck, now, the difference is that, like, you know, Cubs, at least, would have, uh, you know, big fan base behind them, no one goes to Marlins games, but, like, yeah, you want to be the Marlins of Chicago, that's not, that's not a bad goal,
1: Yeah, like if you if you want a good baseball team that seems to be competently run and is in the city of Chicago and is also uh, Cubs fans and everyone I know is going to hate me for this, a better place to see a game just go go see the White Sox. There's promising players in that team. They seem like they want ownership. Seems like they want to keep them there. Ownership seems like they really want a ring. So if you you want that, go see the White Sox. Yeah, they've been better forever.
0: Which is hilarious to talk about, like Jerry Reinsdorf as like a ring chaser, but like yeah, you know, at least they're trying to win. I mean, like, fire Tony LaRusa because he's a terrible manager. Oh yeah, the probably
1: D. definitely a racist.
0: <laughs> well, hey now, he, he did defend Tim Tim Anderson and he Josh did. Donaldson, but also like, you know, sees
1: one to call one. Right? Uh, so <laughs> uh, on a uh, final comment on the White Sox, uh, I the first time at as uh, like an adult drinking age at U.S. U.S. cellular field guaranteed, uh, the G spot guaranteed rate. Um, I, there, I was there for a work event. Shocking food selection. It's incredible. Any, any Chicago staple that you would want, you could find at U.S. cellular. Names change too often. Guaranteed rate. It's really incredible. And food's pretty cheap. I think, uh, I think every baseball stadium I've been to can take a few notes from that when there's, there's about Bathroom situations, awfully. Like, they gotta steal a trough from Wrigley, but however, highly recommend getting out to Guaranteed Rate.
0: Dude, the trough at Heinz Field was was the first trough in a stadium I ever experienced. Oh, sorry, AccraSure Stadium. Oh my God, what a, what a dude! They took down the ketchup bottles today. I'm pissed. Where we gotta
1: find them, man?
0: Yeah, it's terrible. I well, I want to hang one in my backyard now huge ass ketchup bottle just hanging in the backyard pour it over whenever i get into the red zone sounds like sounds like a good idea um anyway just... back to back uh, back to the cubs uh i wanted to 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 ask you um your opinion on on rossi on david ross because i've seen on twitter there have been people who want to fire him and like he's you know he if I don't think that firing David Ross would be the solution to anything. Seems like a good vibes manager, at least.
1: That's 100% where I'm at. I feel like absolutely nothing would make the Cubs win more games at this point, other than like deciding, all right, we're going to, you know, sell the farm. There's no farm to sell. Um, sell the farm for Shohei. That's like the only way the Cubs would win more. There's no management decision, no no prospect call up the only way the cubs win more games is if they somehow manage to swindle someone into giving them several all-star caliber players letting david ross go would only like alienate a good chunk of casual casual fans like like my mom doesn't know much about the cubs but she really likes david ross because she remembers what he did in the world series like she's not from chicago but she's like a cubs fan by proxy because of you know marrying my dad but she knows who David Ross is and she likes him. And I think pretty much at this point with how bad they've been for how long, my dad's in the same boat. He doesn't really follow the Cubs as much. Cause uh, why, why would you not giving you much to follow? And I think he would, yeah, well, I think a lot, it would alienate a lot of casual fans and really only appease the, the loud vocal baseball, Twitter demographic where it's like, we want this guy's head because the Cubs aren't winning games. Like what life, what magical lineup card could this guy toss into the field? That's going to, Are Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom suddenly going to return to the extraordinary seasons they had last year? And even then, the team was still bad. We don't, there's, he's working with scraps to try to put wins together, and it's just not working. And yes, 10 game losing streaks are bad, and dropping like, I don't even want to know how many games they lost in June. I don't even want to look into it. Like, yes of course it's bad but like what are you gonna do who are you gonna work with
0: well it's only gonna get worse right because they're planning on you know they're planning on trading Wilson Contreras David Robertson's having like you know another good season even you know I think he's a, he's a 15-year veteran at this point so, like he's probably out the door Marcus Stroman's probably out the door um, yeah,
1: so I, I wanted know, none of those guys, apart from apart from really none of those guys would really be heartbreakers to lose like the I think it would be kind of a, a foolish move to let Contreras go he seemed fine playing on a bad he seemed still happy to be playing on a bad Cubs team and I think he's the kind of guy that is like that Derek Lee type where he's pretty damn good never good enough to fetch this massive 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 return although there's a pretty good market for catchers right now um like yeah. that, that being said if you know, losing a guy like contreras who you've brought up and it worked his way through your organization that's like the heartbreakers for me it's it's never losing a guy like a Stroman or a it's always these these kind of that would be a hard band-aid to pull especially because with the timeline of when, you know, how rebuilds and baseball work with when they tore it down and when they'd be competitive, you, you wouldn't see anything you'd get back from this control from a Contreras trade for four or five years, maybe. So it's a t- always a tough pill to swallow to lose a guy like that, that you've seen, you know, win a world series with you. Be just this electric guy, you know, work his way up from like a young talented player into a true like veteran leader of this team who's taken a lot of young guys under his wing and a lot of guys on the team seem to look at him as him as like a veteran presence and a leader so yeah it would really hurt to lose Willie but if you can get a return you can get a return I, I think the band-aid has been pulled off uh, in Chicago recently on how bad it hurts to lose players with what's going on with the going on with the Blackhawks and the talks of possibly losing Patrick Kane and Jonathan even Jonathan Taves to trades so, so you know people here pretty prepared to for anything at this point in terms of losing a guy but you know it's it's really a heartbreaker to see someone like wilson go because with how emotional he looked getting that ball the other day it was truly someone who loved being a cub always hard to see go cuz so, it's hard to love being a cub
0: <laughs> yeah so you had you know probably anthony rizzo was the closest to that last year that got traded away right so he went yeah, to the 100%. yankees can i list um can i list some teams for contreras that like and just you tell me, you know, whether it would be okay to see him in that jersey or not. And, like, so I compiled a list of, like, contenders. So, first of all, uh, uh, the Red Sox might need, you know, a catcher uh, or to fill in a DH maybe. Would you would you be willing to see him play in Boston?
1: Yeah, uh, I'd be totally fine seeing Contreras play in Boston. I, I would, you know, anywhere that he can get, pretty much anywhere that's not st louis or you know some cubs rival that he can get deep into the postseason on i'd be happy with them at
0: what about okay so not quite cubs rival but like the mets would you know the mets are a team that like have like a treasure trove of prospects including a couple like catcher prospects they just drafted a catcher last night um with with their first round pick and they have their top prospect and, like, the third overall prospect in MLB, uh, Francisco Alvarez is a catcher and, like, they probably wouldn't trade him away, but also, like, my theory is that Steve Cohen is, like, an aggressive enough owner that he would, you know, like we were talking about, like, sell the farm for a superstar. Um, Not saying that Contreras is a superstar, but, you know, an all-star at least. So if you got a good return from the Mets, would you be willing to see Contreras, you know, deep in the yeah. playoffs in the in the Mets?
1: You know, I, I have a l- little bit of a soft spot for the Mets because they feel like the younger, they feel like just like a younger brother, which <laughs> always fits with me. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd, you know, I'd hit, seeing him on the Mets, you know, I, I would um, almost like prefer if he, I have a massive American League, anti, anti-American League bias, so I would, I would actually love to see him stay in the National League. So uh, you know, you get him out in Chicago a couple more times in the end of the year to give him some couple more round of applauses too.
0: How about uh, sending him to the NL West then, like the Dodgers? Not the Dodgers are like the least likely team to trade for him because they have an All Star catcher already, Um, but also like keep getting the injury bug in. My theory with Contreras is that he's more likely to get traded as a DH than a catcher just because, like, that's the logistics of figuring out a new pitching staff and everything.
1: That's kind of what I'm kind of more of what I'm thinking is that he would be, uh, if, if traded, he'd be more of a DH with an occasional catching kind of role as opposed to a full time catcher, more of like a fill in, which is still a very valuable, valuable thing. It's not wasting a bench spot on a second catcher. It's that you got a guy and you got your DH who all-star caliber catcher would be a really nice thing to have for a lot of teams. But yeah, and he's I, played- you know, Dodgers, Dodgers kind of hurt. Like they're, they're kind of like the, in the, the Yankees tier of their like legal Eagle evil league league of evil you know, spending a lot of money trying to get wins. But if you can get a return, you can get a return as long as it's so, not coming from St. Louis.
0: <laughs> I'm getting there. Don't worry. Uh, so uh is the Yankees then like on the same category or like, would you, would you be willing to see him, you know, reunited with Rizzo or is that, you know, the That's go? the only
1: reason I would want to see him on the New York Yankees is, yeah. and I also think that he would be pretty, pretty good at just popping some balls over that short right field fence they got over there. I think, I think it's, I think that's, you know, I hate to say it, but New York is the perfect home for Anthony Rizzo. Like, that dude just really taps is. the ball over that fence. It's great. I love it. I like. It's also his name is Anthony Rizzo. It's a great New Yorker name.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Have you seen? <laughs> oh, God. He did. Uh, I'm not going to remember the exact thing that he remade, but he re- he made something. You know, hey, mom, send me the meatballs. It was Anthony Rizzo. It was fantastic. Nice, good Italian boy. Right at home in New York. Um, it's, it's
1: almost perfect.
0: Uh all right, so so ironically, the two teams that like could actually like use Contreras most are like the Brewers and the Cardinals. Yeah. So like how do you feel about that?
1: So the Cardinals would be the hardest pill to swallow. I don't know. I think there's not as many Cubs fans that are as big of Cardinals haters as me anymore my my dad's whole family is from st louis and every time i go down there growing up as a kid it was oh, i'll hear all this bullshit about how many rings we have and how the cubs can't win games and how the, the chicagoans ruin the national anthem by cheering for it during a blackhawk game so like everything from st louis i despise except for the beer nothing about that city do i enjoy So that would be a heartbreaker for me. I cannot stand St. Louis Cardinals. I can't stand Cardinals fans. I think it's an insufferable city. It's one of the worst on the planet.
0: I can just picture him catching. Did you know they have a pitcher named Packy Naughton? How how much does that rule? A pitcher named Packy Naughton.
1: That's kind of a rule. You know the yeah. one thing about trading with the Cardinals that sucks is that they never have any prospects because every freaking third player is just some bullshit dude they found on the streets in St. Louis who can somehow bat three thirty eight. Well, I mean, see, we here's pull, the thing: look at the Cardinals roster right now. And just like look at where all these guys can't. If I've ever heard of any of these guys, before. it's just all these random guys. And you Northern. know, uh, you
0: know, uh, uh, Nolan Gorman. He sounds no. like a, he sounds like a doctor, doesn't he?
1: Like, oh, who, um, who is Ryan Helsey or Jordan Hicks?
0: All these guys. Oh, Just... you would love Jordan Hicks. If the Cubs traded for Jordan Hicks, uh, he throws 103 miles an hour and sinks and it moves. And, oh, I probably yeah. would
1: love it if yeah. existed. Yeah. Yeah. So, like,
0: Wilson Contreras for, like, Adam Liberatore, or Sorry, not Adam. Matthew Liberatore and, uh, and Jordan Hicks. That would be a nice little deal. I would do that you know that would be better for the cardinals than it would be for the cubs but hey
1: uh um, that being said uh I don't, I don't another one i don't hate as much as a lot of coast fans is i don't hate milwaukee i do i like because milwaukee's kind of a cooler cool city it's it's, it's a nice place it wouldn't and i go to a lot of brewers games so it wouldn't suck to see wilson on the brewers but it would suck because they're a rival and But I I have a soft spot for the Brewers because I kind of like Christian Yelich for some reason I don't know why I think he's not a common player to be like yeah I like Christian Yelich but like yeah I like Christian Yelich. Well,
0: there's there's your Miami Marlins connection again. Exactly. (laughs) Pete Davidson look alike. Um, Christian Yelich is like has an interesting career because he had two years of like really good MVP caliber play since then he's just been not the same i don't know him and cody bellinger are like the mysteries of the modern mlb to me they had like great did you read that ago. little uh
1: blurb sorry about uh bellinger where it was like he's the most ignorant man alive <laughs> I, <was talking> about <laughs> I did how not figure out that you can't use your credit card in atm machines this is like yeah. the, the Dodgers fan, or camera guys have figured this out and they love painting onto the camera to show like his blank expressionless face during games where there's like led teammates to make comments. Like, Oh, we think, we think Belly's a machine who was built to play baseball because we don't know what else he would do. See I, can, I saw it on Twitter today. I'll, I'll send it to you when I find it later, but it was just, it was just reading this like, Oh, this explains so much about this guy. Like every interview I've read makes so much sense. Now when he, he so like had to have some team manager explain to him that the, the card fee when he was using his credit card in the ATM was like 10 bucks, but if he used his debit card, it was 0 He's like, And he just didn't understand, oh made it to this age and didn't understand this, which is just to – you got to love a player like that. You got to love a guy like that who's just a dude out there playing baseball.
0: Well, no wonder he hasn't figured out how to fix his swing then. His, yeah. his problem is that he can't catch up to fastballs so maybe his brain just doesn't work enough work fast enough to compute <laughs> major league fastballs. Um, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Poor Cody seems like a nice guy, you know seems like a nice
1: guy he'll have a he'll have a you know he's had a good career and he'll continue to have a pretty good career I think.
0: Yeah, running around in the outfield, making some catches, hitting some home runs. Are you watching the Home Run Derby tonight?
1: I'll probably be tuning into the Home Run Derby casually. It's one of the more entertaining. I you know. I love a good. I love a good well-hit baseball. Uh, my one problem with the Home Run Derby is that the speed of the pitch seems to negate the bat noise, which, which I really love the noise of a good home run, and you don't seem to get that as much in the Derby as you do in a natural, the natural progression of a baseball game. Like the good crack of a bat is kind of lost, but I do still love, love, love watching the long ball fly. So, y'all yeah, probably be tuning in. I, I definitely won't watch the whole thing. It's for me, it's one of the harder events to sit there and watch the whole thing, but I will certainly, certainly watch a few of it. now definitely catch up on highlights the following day. Nice. Really love watching a good long ball. I think it's with the, the setup they have, it's kind of biased against moonshot hitters, which I think is a little bit unfair. However, it is what it is. It's the home run derby. Who cares if it's fair?
0: Well, yeah, with the with the way that um, with the way it's timed now, you don't get as much time to like admire the, no. the long home runs. But I honestly like the time, the changing to like having it be timed rounds, because like, I mean, so I remember, uh, you know, the famous, you know, Josh Hamilton hits 27 home runs in the first round. But like, it also took him like half an hour to hit 27 yeah. home runs in the first round. So like yeah, I I no, think especially especially a
1: sport again. where you're really trying to do everything you can to speed stuff up to get people to continue to watch it was not an ideal setup to almost have like a golf tier setup for like golf tier pacing for a, an event that is supposed to be highlighting the most electric event in baseball was that
0: yeah so uh even though you know even though the moonshots you can't admire them as much like. It, it's become like eminently more watchable in the last like five or so years
1: and I, I do always enjoy watching the uh watching the like the little league kids run around shagging balls it's always a great time
0: yeah that's the best part because <laughs> there's always of,
1: uh, youth baseball practice and uh, standing out there yeah. waiting for someone to hit a ball near you
0: because there's always one kid that like makes highlight plays. Like you know, you can you can track him throughout the night as he like goes after the ball. And you know,
1: that's there's just yeah, fun. there's usually one kid who's got like any de- decent sense of baseball. He's like, yeah, this is you know, I'm on, I'm on a major league baseball field. Might as well go all all out and dive for it every single time. You gotta admire it. You gotta love it. It's really yeah. Uh,
0: I wanted to be one of those kids when I was younger. That that always looked like a lot of fun.
1: I, so I was so bad at baseball when I was a kid and then I quit when I was in like seventh grade because I, I had this coach who was like, you want to get on base? And I was like, yeah, I want to get on base, but I can't hit the ball. And he's like, just lean over the plate. This is seventh grade, ba- or sixth grade baseball. Man. No one's throwing above 70. It's not going to hurt. So I had like, I led the league and like, I hit by pitches and I was batting like, you know, 0.3 on base percentage <laughs> was phenomenal. I, would, I just get on base and steal second every time. And kid that batted after me was the coach's son and he would always just hit me home but i was like i'm done go. with this and then like a year later i got glasses and went to a batting cage and realized you're supposed to be able to see the ball when it was coming and i was like damn this is so much easier i should never have quit baseball
0: yeah that's a pretty fair point uh it helps to see <laughs> helps me able to see when you're in the that's why I when i was
1: a kid i was so impressed by professional baseball players because i thought it was just random guesswork that they were just like these incredibly incredibly lucky guys and that this talent really had nothing to do with it because i like we trying to run my swing. like i put a ton of effort into trying to hit the ball and i couldn't figure it out so it's just like all right so baseball players are just really really lucky and that's how it works and then i got glasses and it's like oh no they're just really 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 talented that's that's how it works yeah i was just blind and, and they're also really lucky
0: yeah and they're also really lucky
1: <laughs> <laughs> helps oh um,
0: yeah um Alright, do you want to talk about a little bit of bad, bad tattoos before we go? Oh, yeah. Alright, so, speaking of the Cubs, you found this gem of a back tattoo, which I'm going to pull up right here. We got Marcus Stroman. And I don't even know where to begin with this one. Um, First of all, I'm going to move here so you can see me. Um, yeah, I, I
1: I can't even begin to describe what I'm 100% what I'm looking at. Like I, I it seems like different characters from like m- almost people in his life and and movies, but I I can't really tell. It's, I'm uh, just I just am
0: drawn to the Killian Murphy.
1: Yeah, like I was uh, just, gonna, just gonna say, what, what's Killian Murphy doing in there? Like, I mean, yeah, he. He's a great Maybe. actor, but I would never. Uh, I mean, I've got some bad tattoos, but I would never be like, "I'm gonna put Killian Murphy on my back." I
0: just like, and it seems like he's next to possibly like Marcus Stroman's family, which is odd. Like, I guess Peaky Blinders is like you know, pretty influential show in
1: his life. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be. Yeah, gotta be pretty important to have a 10 inch Killian Murphy on the, on the back. I, uh... I I keep my
0: eyes just travel to the the two guys. With, well, Killian Murphy being one of them, but the other guy with the cigarette, because the cigarettes are actually like,
1: yeah, they're know, pretty, pretty, well uh, pretty. It's a pretty unique decision to be like, yeah, actually, I want him with the cig in his mouth for two pieces on your back. That's a yeah. that's a unique artistic decision right there. I kind of I kind of admire that as this is probably my favorite aspect of the tattoo after after you've pointed it out.
0: I just wish that um that <laughs> there was just less going on because it's just too much to look at honestly it's and like, like uh, you know
1: it's like almost like one of those uh i spy books it's trying to find specific things but there's so much happening that, that you really can't tell what is what is going on i would love to know at what point in like tattoo count that he was like i'm gonna go full back and like
0: yeah like i i mean i think he has arm tattoos too and like but back tattoos are like you know that's a commitment like that's a huge piece of art first of all i mean he's yeah not it's that a lot of, of a time guy,
1: but... that's probably a few 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 days of work oh yeah for sure a lot of that's um, really shaded too it's a lot of it's well done but there's just so much of it that it's overwhelming so are
0: we are we coming around to the that it's not actually a bad athlete tattoo and it might actually be a good athlete tattoo?
1: I think uh, it's a ridiculous athlete tattoo. <laughs> All
0: right. It, is, um, it is, down is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> fantastic to just have Kim or it's like almost like Steve-O But like, All right. it is ridiculous to have that many faces on your back.
0: Who? Oh, God. Who has the Steve? Is it Stevo that has the Stevo has tattoo? face
1: on his back, Hell which yeah. is a great tattoo.
0: I mean, like, who wouldn't want their own face on their
1: back? I think he's, he's doing great. like a dumb thumbs up too. Yeah.
0: Um. All right, moving on to our to our next candidate. This one I found the other day, which. Tyler Hero should never work out shirtless again because holy crap, is there a lot going on. First of all, uh, the red Joker handwriting that says no work, no check. Second yeah. of all, the are they lion eyes or tiger eyes directly over the nipples? Um, the 2000 right uh, underneath his sternum and uh, the cross just really brings it all together. I mean... Personally my eyes just go straight to the nipple eyes, but I don't know about yeah.
1: you. No, I'm uh I'm like kind of questioning the placement. Like doesn't it seem like it should just be 2 inches higher up?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> like it would like, just all be better if it finished off right above the nipple. I don't. There's so much happening. This like the truly the Joker handwriting is the selling point, but like the fact that it highlights just the whole thing is highlighting how pasty and pale, and scrawny Tyler Hero looks. It's no overall. I would say that's a that is a bad athlete tattoo. That I don't. (laughs) I don't get the. I'm not a religious guy. I don't get the. The I do know a lot of. I have a lot of very family that has cross tattoos and stuff, but. They all have them like independent not on other not involved in their other tattoos i i'm i'm often very confused by this athlete trend to have like a cross thrown into your tattoo somewhere just get the cross somewhere like you know like else and this would be better if there's no cross in the middle
0: yeah it does beg the question like well
1: is like it just the no the work, no check part like, that really If you did cross on the bicep right here and then just eliminated no work, no check, and move the whole thing up a little bit, it would not be nearly as bad.
0: So what you're saying is he should he should have just gotten a completely different tattoo and it would have been fine.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> half of it. If you took out half of that tattoo and then yeah. moved other half of it somewhere else. It would be a much better tattoo.
0: I mean, like I just feel like. I'm just making eye contact with, you know, with his chest, which is a uncomfortable feeling, to be honest. Um, yeah, Tyler Hero, this is a bad athlete tattoo. Um,
1: no, it's either it's terrible... either
0: get either he has to now completely get covered in tattoos or he has to like get surgery to remove it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's put himself in a spot where he needs to be inked up or needs to get that taken off. That's just yeah. Hey man, no work, no check. All it's right. always funny when, uh, to me, when athletes have, really not, like, like if that was an athlete, like if he was a back of the bench guy who made his whole career by grinding it out and working real, real, real hard. No work, no check would be great tattoo. But like, doesn't Tyler Hero make like eighteen mil? Isn't he up there and being really, really, really well paid?
0: Lottery pick went to a nice high school in Wisconsin, and went to Kentucky. You know, you yeah,
1: know. like there aren't I mean, we not talking like like yeah, he probably worked very very hard, but it doesn't feel like no work no check is how you anything that anything to do with your life. I don't know, I don't know the Tyler Hero's story, but like if this was like, you know, like Javon Carter coming up from the mean streets of West Virginia basketball with the no work no check tattoo, I'd be like, yeah, that guy. That guy lives that life. No work, no check is how he lives. But like sure. Tyler Hero doesn't I just, really seem meaningful.
0: It's just bad, dude. It's yeah. really bad. Speaking of bad, Aaron Rodgers got this one. <laughs> Which, okay, it's not I'm not saying that the, the, the artistry is bad, because like yeah, those no, lines, The artistry is all incredible those lions, the little wave, uh, portrait in the middle, like,
1: like how tight cool all the lines are. You probably, you know, he probably paid real good money for some real, real good artists to do this. And he probably was like, and then I want this there too. And then this, and then this, and then this, and then and I want also put an eye and then, and two lions.
0: This just looks like a tattoo of someone who has spent too much time doing their own research and listening to the Joe Rogan experience.
1: Yeah, I think that was the way that you initially described to me as the Joe Rogan experience, the tattoo, and that is 100% what this is. You've got the all-seeing eye looking over two lions who are just above a sunrise over the ocean, who are above some weird thing. All intersected with like what well, seems to be a constellation map. This just is like the like this is the male version of astrology, the tattoo. <laughs>
0: yeah, the, yeah. I don't even know. You got the the fan at the bottom or whatever that is. The I don't even know what to call that. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know what you were thinking, Aaron Rodgers. Uh. Maybe this should have been like five separate tattoos, like spread out across the arm. Um, whatever, whatever he was intending to accomplish with this, I think he uh, failed, um, and I think it's gonna look really bad uh, when he's on the field next year. And you're gonna be able to see. Well, maybe it'll be underneath his uh, his call, his play sheet, so maybe you won't have to see it.
1: This That'll be the gonna, blessing. He's probably gonna have to you know slide the play sheet back and take a look at his tattoo for inspiration before he goes on a game winning drive to break my heart against the Bears when the Bears are maybe gonna get their first win of the year. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers. This guy can go to hell. He's he's ruined my life.
0: Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, bad athlete tattoo.
1: Bad person.
0: <laughs> <Say that
1: too. laughs>
0: yeah bad person all right folks that wraps it up for another episode of high cheese thanks for tuning in as always please be sure to like share and subscribe